Hello, podcast listeners. This is David Benjamin from HealthyWildAndFree.com. Today in the podcast, we have Katie Dalebout. She is a an author. Well, she's going to be an author, and we'll talk about that. She writes for MindBodyGreen.com, which is one of the largest health and wellness websites online. And Katie wants to live in a world where wellness is available to everyone. She's a yoga teacher, a speaker, a wellness blogger, and she loves writing and talking about holistic health on her blog which is thewellnesswonderland.com. If you want to check that, that out, and we'll mention that again later at the end of the interview. And she has a weekly podcast as well, which is WW Radio. And if you'd like to learn uh, if you have more inspiration from Katie, visit her on thewellnesswonderland.com or on her Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And I have her on call right with me right now. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm great, David. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. Um, I wanted to start the interview, how I start all the interviews that I start, and ask you the question, how did you get started in the health and wellness world, and what kind of sparked that passion? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great place to start. I think um, I think it's funny, with all the people that, that I interview in this space, most people come to this work or are drawn to this work by hitting a bottom of sorts themselves, right? You know, they have something that they want to heal or something that they want to um, not necessarily fix in some way, but improve, right? And I think that really can be kind of the catalyst to get us into this conversation and, and draw us into this work. And, you know, for me, I think I all, I think the interest in it was always there. Um, I was always kind of interested in more natural things and got into yoga quite young um, in high school, actually, and um, and knew I just liked it. I didn't really know why. I didn't know why it spoke to me, but I, I knew that I enjoyed it. And then, you know, when you when you're growing up you're not really making many of your own own choices in general but really your own choices when it comes to health right you're you're not the one um deciding what you're going to do to heal you're not the one necessarily deciding what you're going to eat or making the money or doing the shopping so you know a lot of that is kind of out of your hands and 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 rightfully so you're you're taken care of which is great but then I think for a lot of people when they go away to college is really the first time where those decisions are theirs right they can choose what they eat what they do what they think how they how much they move how little they move um you know all of those things, and so when I when I was in college, I I had the, this really amazing opportunity to figure out how to feed myself, how to live by myself, and um, you know, and that went beyond like just you know I was still doing yoga at that time, but I was starting to notice like okay, you know, I'm doing yoga and I feel really great and really connected when I do that. But then after I leave, I go and I eat whatever and then I don't feel great again. And then I don't feel really great all day and I stay up late and then I go to yoga and I feel great again. So it's like, it was like this disconnect and, um, and just something just kind of fell off. You know, I never felt, I never felt quite right. You know, I never had like any specific health issue per se that was like super debilitating, but I just didn't feel quite right. And I knew that I had this like 
slight inkling that there was a better way. And so, you know, it, there's so much reading and so much knowledge and um, especially kind of when you when you get into one thing, like for me it was yoga, it kind of opened the door like, oh, there's more to this. You know, there's, there's people who kind of live in a different way. And it was very different from... Um, you know, the way I was eating and the way that the people around me were eating. And and so I dabbled in different things and I learned a lot. And it it was good to a point, but it also spiraled me kind of in the wrong direction. It took me um, to a place that, that was a little bit too obsessive, that, well, I would say definitely a lot too obsessive. And, um, and I think a lot of people maybe yourself and maybe people you know, you know, can relate when you get into this, it's very easy to fall into that, um, you know, borderline disordered eating or, you know, in my case, straight up disordered eating where you're, it's all you're thinking about and you're obsessed with it in a way that's counterproductive and super unhealthy. And so I got to that place too with, you know, an extra low weight and um, spiraled into an eating disorder pretty quickly. And um, that wasn't, you know, that that wasn't working for me either. And so I think I really needed that contrast. And I'm grateful for for that place that I was at, because I think it gave me the contrast to say, okay, look, there's somewhere in the middle, you know, it's not all or nothing. It's not really, really unhealthy or super obsessive healthy. There's this happy medium place where you can live your life. And it's this wellness wonderland of sorts. And so you know, through all of that, I was starting a blog and I was, you know, super excited and passionate about social media. I've always been a communicator. I studied journalism in school, so I had been passionate about that, but I knew that I wanted to share and write and talk about things that I was passionate about. And for me, that was health, right? That was kind of my journey. So I think um, for me, you know, creating that place that's that happy medium of, again, not being obsessive, but still enjoying life, but being healthy and keeping yourself vibrant so you can enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's, that, that's awesome. We have a lot of stuff to cover. The first question I have for you kind of around your story is you said yoga was something that you discovered and you kind of discovered there was a lot more within that. What did yoga lead to for you? What did it lead to, like Ayurveda or different types of medicine or herbology or what? Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily yoga that, um, you know, got me into Ayurveda or other things. You know, I, I, I think it was just yoga kind of opened the door that made me feel really good and really connected. And mm-hmm. It made me feel connected in my body to go and learn more, right? And so for me, you know, the the first thing that kind of got me um, in the door, my first kind of foot into the door of natural health in any way was raw food. And I was super passionate about raw food and, and eating in that way. It felt really natural to me. It felt really great. I'd been a vegetarian since high school and um, that just, that just worked for me or or so I thought and it was just something that you know when I found out about raw food it's like um, I I bet you know a lot of people listening can relate you know when you find something new whether it's a new 
um, exercise routine or even like a skincare routine or um, mm-hmm. a diet or whatever, you get you get really excited, right? I think it's kind of human nature, and um, you're like, oh my god, this is so cool! I want to. This person does this, and they look great and feel great, and they're awesome, and I want to do that too, you know. So I kind of I latched onto that with the raw food movement and. It's very easy to do, and that's something that I really caution people actually in doing because um, it can spiral you into kind of a nasty place, and that's kind of what it did for me eventually. Um, And it it can mess with it, not necessarily that, but like different aspects of getting too involved in any one diet or any one nutritional strategy can be damaging, you know. So I think for me, like that was what got me in the door, and I was really excited about it. So I was constantly learning and constantly listening to things and watching YouTube videos and reading books and reading articles and researching that I was obsessed with it. You know, it was all I wanted to do. I was into nutrition because it was new and it was exciting and it was working for me to a point. And then I realized, you know, one book or one guru or one person isn't going to work for everyone. And um, that was a really big shift for me that we aren't machines. We are all so unique and so different that, you know, what I eat isn't going to work for David necessarily and may not work for you, but, um, you know, you can take little pieces from each guru or each teacher, each person and sprinkle that into your life and it, and you yourself are constantly changing too. I think that's definitely um, something to remember as well. You know, what works for me then might not work for me now and might not work for me when I'm 60, you know. So I think it it's really finding that balance of, um, you know, the difference between today and tomorrow, the difference between different people. And um, I think that for me, raw food kind of was the start of it, but it really got me into um, learning uh, learning a lot of different things and taking the best parts of them that work for me and mm-hmm. applying them to my life and then sharing them. Yeah, and that's a great point you made. I think there's a lot of, I guess you'd call it over-diet commitment or over-zealousness uh, for, for a specific diet, and it's like, this is the way, This you know, and it's, it's not that way for everyone. Like you said, we're human beings, we're not machines. Can you talk a bit about is kind of your story and how, for you, it kind of was dangerous for you or it didn't benefit your health overall long-term and, and how you approach that differently now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for me, um, at the end of college, I, I definitely, you know, was really into this mindset, right? And I think the most damaging thing, you know, above the weight, above the the actual physical things was really what I was doing in my mind, right? I was so set in my ways that I didn't want to change, you know? And I, I, I thought that what I was doing was right. And I really didn't want to listen to anything else. And I think that's a really scary place for anyone to be in. And um, eventually, you know, I, like you said, you know, you hit these bottoms where you have to listen, right? You have to like our bodies, um, everyone says, listen to your body, right? But our bodies are quiet and they only scream at us when we're sick, 
right? When you when you have a physical issue, that's them screaming at you saying, clean this up. And so for me, that was a physical thing that, you know, my, my weight was really low and I, I wasn't feeling great. So I knew that, you know, the way I was eating clearly, you know, was not working for me and I had to change and make sure, you know, and, and for me, like, this is different for everybody and I'm not saying that, like, raw food isn't great. Everybody should be eating some sort of raw food all the time. I, I definitely big believer in that, big believer. But at the same time, you know, like you like you know, David, you know, I live here in Michigan where it's freezing and, you know, if I ate lettuce all day, like I would be really cold and, you know, that's not great. So it's like mm-hmm. you got to you gotta figure out for, you got to eat for where you live. You got to eat for your lifestyle, you know. If you are really active, you're going to eat something different than somebody who sits in a desk all day. And, and if you, you know, then, then, then there's the whole, the, uh, there's a billion other aspects of that too. You know, we mentioned Ayurveda. A, a couple times and you know our bodies are all so unique that different things work for different people but for me you know raw food kind of messed with my digestion a bit I learned that after and so you know for me incorporating you know there's lots of things we can get into that you know and, and I know you've talked about that in past podcasts but you know there's there's great things for digestion that you can do that I did and um, fermented foods and and different different things to heal your gut and to heal digestion, I think is really powerful and really, really great. But it's like, I'm so, so glad and grateful that I went through that and that I, that I tried raw food and that I tried, um, you know, healing my digestion. And I've done all of these different things using myself as a guinea pig, really because I am so passionate in this. And I know that you know, not for me, it's not really about the food. There's a whole nother aspect of it, which is really like the power of the mind and the power of like, honestly, it doesn't matter all that much what you eat or what you do. What you think has so much more to do with it. And, um, you know, there's studies that prove that. And for me, you know, that's the part I really want to focus on. That's the part that I really want to share with people and um, just teaching people that, you don't have to be so dogmatic about one particular nutritional strategy and that life can just be fun. And mm-hmm. when it really becomes fun and you really start enjoying life, you don't have to worry so much about what you're eating or what you're doing. And you can just, it just kind of all falls into place somehow. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I I think there's kind of a recurring theme with people like you and myself that, are looking to improve our health and just enjoy life and it's that we're willing to be guinea pigs and we're willing to be wrong and we're willing to try new things and not be overcommitted to a specific nutritional pathway or kind of diet pathway if you will um, so that's that's an amazing point it makes so much sense and I like to I like where this interview is going I like that you're you're really into the kind of the power of the mind the power of thoughts beliefs uh, and, and really just having that lighthearted, fun approach to life because I think it speaks volumes to there's so much to kind of feeling fulfilled and nourished. And I think nourishment is its own form of nutrition, if you will. And when you're overly committed to something and you can't have dark chocolate or you can't have this or can't have that, it's like a little bit of nourishment leaves your body like through thin air or something. I don't That's just my opinion. Yeah, on it, but no, I agree completely. Can you, can you talk about the power of your thoughts and some of, like you mentioned, the research that 
now proves that our mind and our thoughts have a huge impact on our health and well-being. Yes, I would love to. So I don't know, David, if you're familiar with Dr. Lisa Rankin or if any of the people listening are familiar with her, um, but she wrote a book called Mind Over Medicine. Um, maybe you can link it in the show notes, but um, it, it's a really awesome book that really shows the power. She's a, she was a conventional Western medicine doctor, an OBGYN, and, and she wrote this book and really was using her background and her experience as a doctor to show and illustrate with actual studies the power of the mind in physical healing. So everybody knows the power of the mind in physical healing because there's one particular study that I can guarantee you everybody's heard of called the placebo effect, right? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like one of the most common studies ever that proves what you think has to do with your what your body physically does and that's like really accepted thing and and there's a lot more where that came from and one of my favorite stories from that book um and I'm going to like loosely quote this but pretty much there were there's this doctor who did this like amazing knee surgery he was really well known to like when people had a messed up knee he could fix it i don't remember what his name was but that was the gist of it and so they did this study where they had um, they had a control group that was getting a fake surgery, but they, of course, didn't know they were getting a fake surgery. And then they had a group getting the real surgery from this guy, and they, were, they both thought they were getting the real surgery. And the nurses and the staff actually didn't know what they were caretaking the person for, if it was the real surgery or the fake surgery. So the results in this were pretty crazy. They found that the people who had the fake surgery and the people who had the real surgery not only healed equally, the people who had this like really messed up stuff with their knee, it healed just like they had the surgery. That was like a really intense um, procedure, but they didn't have anything. And so they, they found that, yes, part of it was the power of the mind and that they thought they were getting the surgery. So they willed their body to heal in that way, but also the power of, and this might be a little bit heady for people, a little bit esoteric, and if it's too much, you know, I always say this in my yoga class, like, just pretend you didn't hear it, or like, you know, maybe they'll find you later, it's like too weird for you, but, but you know, this is, this is like fact, you know, so what they found um, was that it was actually not just the power of their mind that healed their needs, it was the power of having those nurses and those people around holding space for them and believing in their healing and helping them heal and caring for them like a tribe. Mm -hmm. So that to me is a really awesome depiction of the fact that we not only need to believe in our healing ourselves, but we also need to have people in our lives who care for us. And, you know, for, for me, like, it's not a Western medicine doctor that's going to, like, hold my hand and, and help me through my healing. It's going to be, you know, people like like you, David, and, and people either online or um, in person who are those people who believe in what I'm doing to heal and believe that I'm doing the right thing and my tribe. And, and I created what I created online. 
kind of a group for people to hold my hand and for me to hold their hand. And for me, it's like the health coaches and the, um, you know, my massage therapist and my yoga teacher and my friend and my, my mom, you know, it's like those are the people in my life who are those nurses in that story that are holding hands with me and like also believing in your healing. And I think to me, I think there's so much power in that. And, you know, I even have a story about about that too, um, about really, you know, the power of having support in what you're doing. And I mean, really it goes, and I can tell that too, but really it goes back to the point of, you know, if we think of ourselves as like, um, you know, in our natural state as a tribe, when uh, indigenous people, like when someone is sick, they the entire tribe bands together and like does a healing circle and healing stuff, you know? And for us, like that's, we tend to, you know, in our society, like just push it away and stiff up our lip and don't tell anybody and try to heal yourself and take be medication, tough. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Be tough, right? Yeah. But if you can really like be like, look, man, like this is what I'm going through and can you help me out? Like, people are bound to help you. And I think um, I've seen that time and time again in my life. And the only way I believe that people can heal is yes, to believe that they can, but also to have support Mm -hmm. and at least have support and to not have people sabotaging you, you know, sabotaging your wellness or your diet or whatever it is. And they're not sabotaging it purposely. They'll probably do it they're doing it without even knowing you know because they love you and they think that you know for a lot of people food is love and um because they're not giving it getting that love or that nourishment in another way so they they turn to the food and um so that's just something to really to consider that it's yes you believing in the power of your mind but also having other people there to to help you believe and, and hold that vision with you yeah, that's interesting. It makes a lot of sense to have that kind of external support because that, I think, just reaffirms it within yourself, which yeah. probably just amplifies the power of the placebo effect. Do you, Are you familiar? I'm sure you're familiar with the nocebo effect then too, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, this, it's all the same thing, I think. And, um, and I think with, um, you know, with really having those other people there for you that's natural i think i think it's really natural to us as humans to we we're you know social beings we we crave connection mhm yeah definitely so f- for you and for, for kind of like what the work you've done and, and the work you do how would you recommend someone who needs healing or needs kind of their health and wellness and wholeness back how do you kind of recommend that they find that belief in themselves if they've never really believed before? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it really starts and ends. And again, this might be if this is new for people, it might be kind of weird. But it starts and end ends with self love, and it ends with caring about yourself and treating yourself with kindness because honestly you know you can you can go to yoga out of being mean to yourself right you can be like oh I got to get in for yoga classes this week because I'm so fat and if I don't do that then I'm gonna just be so fat and I told myself and if I do four I'll feel better and that's like an OCD like you're being really mean to yourself or you can say to yourself 
I'm going to go to yoga today and I'm going to go four days this week because I love myself enough to do that because I know moving my body feels good. And when I'm there, I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to breathe. And if it's too much for me, I'm going to hang out in child's pose and I'm going to just have a good time, you know. Or it's, you know, having enough kindness and love to say to yourself, I'm going to skip yoga today because I want to, you know, go to a movie and I want to, you know, hang out with a friend and so I'm going to not do it and that's okay too and I love myself not not going to yoga and saying, oh my gosh, I'm so fat and terrible, I'm just going to order a pizza. You know, it's it's the action can be the same, but right. it's, where is the belief behind it? Are you doing it out of kindness to yourself or are you doing it out of being mean to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's bringing that you know i just used the going to a yoga class as an idea of whatever it is for you you know um i think it's just really focusing on how you are positioning whatever action you're taking are you doing it out of kindness and love love for yourself are you doing it out of fear and worry and negativity and i think figuring out that belief right there is the first step and i think the way to do that is the only way to do that is to get in touch with yourself and to really care about what you're putting in your body, how much you're moving your body, what you're saying to yourself, all of it, how your relationships are, all of it. You have to start to get to know who you are. And I think for a lot of people, you know, meditation, journaling, you know, those are great ways to figure that out. But even before you can do those things, or at least before meditation for sure, journaling is a great first step to this. You have to get to know who you are. So again, that might sound kind of weird for people. Like, what do you mean who you are? But what I mean by that is you have to know, you know, who is that person within you? Not a person. Who is that soul within you that lives in your body that has never really changed since you were a kid, right? It's that that person who's constantly the same, who's constantly been with you, who is just your, like, who you are, your essence, right? And a lot of times we're so inauthentic in our lives, we don't even know who we are. Like, we walk through life and it's like, you're you're fake to this person and then you're a different person when you get home and then you're a different person when you're at work and then you're a different person when you're at the store and, and you're all these different people, but you're never really yourself. And I think when you first start this process, the very, very first step, first step has to be getting to know who you really are. Like, take yourself on, like, dates almost, you know, and be like, what do I even like? Like, do I do I really even like that, or do I just do it because somebody I thought was cool thought it was cool a long time ago? Or, like, do I really like wearing this, or do I just wear it because <laughs> I feel like it makes me look... Like, you know, it's all of that thing. a great point, thing. yeah. That's a very yeah. good point. Yeah, it's like, figure out what you even like. I know for me, you know, I was so into, like, this health and wellness stuff that I had to, like, take a step back from it and be like, okay what do I even like to do? Like, if I wasn't doing this, if I wasn't researching, like, what to eat to, like, have perfect digestion, you know, like... Or eating raw food. Right. Like, what the hell would I be doing? You know, (laughs) like, what is, like, the real, like, what do I even like? And, And to give people an example of this, like, it's probably going to be something that you've liked since you were a kid. 
right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like for me, you know, as a child, I, and this is a very specific personal example, but like, it's going to be different for everybody. Like, of course I like yoga. Of course I like, you know, being outside and stuff. Because as a kid, I used to go outside and I had like a trampoline and I would take this little radio outside and I would just jump on my trampoline like for hours. Like my parents would have to like drag me off of that to come inside. <laughs> and, you know, honestly now, like I am a full-blown adult, but I love that kind of thing still, you know, like mm-hmm. I I want a little rebounder and I want, you know what I mean? Like that that kind of thing fills me up. I like dancing around and moving my body and, you know, I think cooking's really fun and it's like I thought cooking was fun when I was a kid too, you know? It's like what what do you, do you think you were fun, was fun as a kid? It's not going to be the same stuff that I think is fun. Maybe it is. That's cool, but um but it's like really getting to know yourself and what do you even like, you know? Like what what is it that fills you up? And do more of that. And if you just start doing more of that, the stuff you don't like will start to fall away, A, which is great because then you'll be nicer and happier, but B, you'll be more authentic. And whenever you can be more authentic and just be real with people, you will feel so much better. I can't even explain it to you. Like I just cannot even explain to you how much better it feels to be authentic and real. And when you're real, people fall in love with you. It's the greatest quote from my mentor, Gabrielle Bernstein. She always says that all people want from you is your authentic truth. And when you're real, people fall in love with you. And you're just a magnet. Like, you're you're just a magnet, you know. And I think um, it just feels so much better. Mm-hmm. That's so valuable. And I think one thing just to add to that, I think, kind of, and this is kind of what you're saying, is that when you know your authentic self, and I love, I absolutely love the example of like, what did you love as a kid, and how you kind of talked about, do I even like this, or is it something that my friend likes, or my brother likes, yeah. or my cousin likes, and I'm with them, so by default, I quote unquote like it. So really just finding who you are, what you like, what you love to do, how you like to spend your time, and really just connecting with that deep authentic self allows you the opportunity to take care of yourself in a deeper way, to love yourself in a more authentic way, and to really just nourish yourself because you know the pathways to do that. Otherwise, it's kind of, a, you know, little little spurts of self-love and self-care throughout life. But if if you can understand yourself at a deep level, it can be a daily occurrence. And I think that's that's what you've mastered so well. And your journey getting to that place has been kind of an evolution of understanding yourself and understanding who you are and what you like and kind of molding that with taking care of yourself, taking care of your health, and uh, just living a very fulfilled life. Um, so yeah, it's very, I think it very all valuable. really goes together, like you said. Mm-hmm, definitely. I want to talk a little bit about self-talk because you, you hinted at that, and I think self-care is great, self-love is great, and I think that all kind of begins with how we talk to ourselves, what what words are we using to either build ourselves up or kind of tear ourselves down. And when you talked about loving yourself, you, you mentioned something about going to yoga and how it can be something you do out of kind of like out of anger or, or you know, kind of a negative emotion or out of a positive love-based emotion. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of people kind of will love themselves on a contingency. So oh, I'll love myself when I lose 15 pounds, or I'll love right. myself when, you know, fill in the blank. 
So can you talk a little bit about self-talk and how you talk to yourself and how you would recommend others talk to themselves so they can start to kind of take care of themselves and love themselves in their heart and in their minds where everything kind of starts? Yeah, yeah, that's... I I would love to talk about this because I think, again, this is where it all happens. This is where, you know, if you want to clear your skin, this is where it starts. If you want to lose 30 pounds, this is where it starts. And the tricky part of this is that it's a process. You know, you said you complimented me and said I've mastered it. Like, oh, my God, David, I've so not mastered it. You know, it's every day is a process. But now I at least notice when it's like, oh, I was really mean to myself about that. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's that, it's bridging those thoughts to say, okay, like, I, like, those thoughts are still gonna come up, and I think that's valid to mention here, because if I don't, people might listen to this and think, like, oh, well, you know, Dave and Katie never think that way, and I do, I'm a failure, never mind, forget it, like, right. you know, it's over, you know? And so I think for me, like, that was really tough for me, because I have that very, very strong perfectionist, um, mentality where it's like all or nothing and I either am really doing great at the self-love thing or I suck at it (laughs) and there's no in between and so um so for me I think um it the real shift happened when I um realized that nobody's perfect at this and those negative thoughts are going to come up but it's noticing them realizing them and then being and choosing a better one so bridging it and so um for me you know like talk to yourself like you would talk to someone else like you would talk to a little child you know if you think about yourself especially women but but i think everybody does this how you talk to yourself about your body like oh my god my thighs are so big if they were only a little bit smaller oh my stomach it's oh it's awful like that's the kind of thing people say but like would you ever talk to a child like that definitely not. never like yeah would you ever well some talk people would but your... I, I don't think we would <laughs> right right but would you ever like would you ever talk to like a friend or a family member like you talk to yourself like oh my god you didn't wake up this morning you got nothing done oh my god you're so terrible like you know whether it's about your body or whether it's about how productive you are how successful you are how much money you have whatever it is like we are really mean to ourselves and when you don't think for a second that the low level thoughts you have to yourself are affecting the rest of the world and again that might sound weird for people but it's true because if you're functioning at this low level where you're upset and mean to yourself, you're not going to be very nice out in the world. You're not going to do good work. You're not going to show up for your job, your friends, your family, anything if you are being mean to yourself. So if you can really clean that up, it really opens the door to new health, to new vitality, to new everything because you're doing things out of good intentions uh, you know I, I could say like if when I go to a yoga class bring like a mantra with you right like say or not necessarily a mantra but just a, like a little intention like today I want I'm gonna you know I'm really focusing on healing this relationship you know this relationship's no longer serving me and I just I want to put all this energy towards that or I've got this big report due at work and I'm gonna I'm going to kill it. I'm going to do so good at it. I'm, it's going to be great. And I'm going to just go to this yoga class and relax and breathe because it's going to, 
you know, then I'll be able to show up more for my work thing or, you know, whatever it is for you, like going to your workout or your job interview or whatever. And like the best energy is really important. And I think um, going to it out of, oh, my gosh, I just got to get this done because it's on my list. And I said I would. And like that's not going to do much and you're not going to do as good of a job. So and I think that's important. And again, the other thing I just want to stress about really quick is that you're going to mess up and your ego is going to tell you um, that fear-based mind ego is what I refer to it as like it's going to say oh you did so bad with that like this whole stuff you're so bad at this like you're going to judge your self-love like you're going to judge your judging you know so it's right. like there's a great quote from A Course in Miracles it's like don't judge your ego with your ego right so it's like don't judge yourself for judging yourself and just be like it happens whatever like and move on and not be again dogmatic about it mm-hmm. be like water like bruce lee said <laughs> exactly <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. uh why this is kind of an interesting question why do you think people talk to themselves in a self-defeating negative way in the first place why do you think there's that kind of consciousness in someone's mind I think it's learned. I think it's learned from a very we none of us were born with that, right? We were born these like amazing babies who loved ourselves because that's all we knew. And then over time, we picked up all of this behavior. We picked up this behavior from society telling us we needed to look a certain way, from a friend telling you you needed to look a certain way, a family member, a magazine, you know? We that's the body issue. You know, we picked up the expectations of money and of lifestyle and of not being good enough that's big one big one that really affects a lot of us and you pick up your parents shit you pick up your you know your friends stuff you 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 just pick it up like a limp brush throughout your life so you get to this point where you're like you're not even yourself anymore because you've picked up all of this stuff and so that's what I'm here to teach that's what I want to coach people and that's what I want to show people there's a better way and that better way isn't learning anything new. It's actually unlearning all of that stuff you picked up like a lint brush over time and letting it go and getting back to your authentic true self of what you really like, who you really are because that other negative crap isn't you. That stuff you picked up that society's told you that you've needed that you know, your parents or whoever has told you that you needed. And and that's not really you. So um, when you can unlearn that stuff, that's, I think, I think that's kind of how that happens. Hopefully that made sense. Yeah, definitely. If in the process of unlearning and kind of bridging the gap to connect with your authentic self, what's the first step in that process? I think it's like what I said before um, about getting to know yourself, right? So, mm-hmm. so think really being true to what it is that you like, what it is that you do. And for me, journaling has been a great tool for this. Um, really getting out my thoughts. You know, I couldn't sit in meditation. Um, I was actually led to meditation. And I was led to this work, and I was led to the power of the mind because I hit that bottom in my body that I mentioned at the at the beginning of the show. And um, you know, I was working with a health coach, and um, I had this one session, and she said to me, you know, I was like, "What do I? Eat? What are the recipes? Show me. What do I put in my smoothie? You know, that's what I wanted." And she mm. came back to me and said, "Sit 
on a meditation pillow. And I was like, oh, God, not in the, are you kidding me? Like, come on. One How of these many people. You know, like, <laughs> that was where I was at. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, God. And, but I, something in me was like, all right, this is what she says. Seems to be, she's cool. Like, I'll try it, whatever, you know? And I didn't have changed my life. But like, for me, that meditation that she was prescribing, I wasn't ready for. I was like, I, you know, I was guided and doing these guided meditations. And, you know, and I was into that kind of thing because I was into yoga and I was open to it. I really was. But it just wasn't working for me. And I couldn't figure out why. So I, what I realized was there was a missing step there. You know, they say, you know, in meditation to clear your mind and open yourself up for creative possibilities to come in. And like meditation is really your time to listen and to relax and to allow that relaxation response to, to happen, which is um, really the Lisa Rankin talks about this a lot in that book I mentioned. But um, really our bodies can self-correct, right? They can um, heal themselves completely, but they have to be relaxed and stress-free in order to do so. So, you know, if we, we mess all the time as humans with the natural order of things. So there's this infinite force in the universe that has the power to take an oak or an um, acorn and turn it into an oak tree or turn an embryo into a baby. Like, there's science that can show you exactly what happens for that. But science can't explain why that happens at all and how it just is this phenomenon, right? So what our bodies can do is just like that. Our bodies heal in that exact same way. But for them to be able to heal, they have to be relaxed. And meditation is the first way to be able to do that. But clearing your mind in meditation is just one form of meditation, allowing thoughts to come in and flow through and just acknowledging them and using your meditation almost as a time to think and feel, feel what your feelings are is really, really powerful as well. And that was something that, you know, like I mentioned before, I have this really perfectionist tendency. And I know when I was doing my yoga teacher training and we were learning about meditation, I was like, every time I would try to do it, I would think, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm not doing it. Like, Oh, I just thought again, I'm done. Eh, this is stupid. Let's go do something else. Let's go read about raw food or whatever it was, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I I just, you know, gave up. And what I realized um, was that I was missing the step of feeling my feelings. So you we when you're when you're overeating, when you're emotional eating, when you're obsessing about food, when you're binge eating, when you're um, restricting when you're really heavily restricting your diet or when you're overworking or when you're overstressed or when you're doing drugs or alcohol, any of those things, all they are are a response to not feeling a feeling you don't want to feel. So whenever you're not feeling a feeling that you don't want to feel, you're suppressing it in some way, you can suppress it by overeating. It's not a great way to do it. Your stomach probably won't feel great, but it's also not the worst, you know, like there's crack cocaine, you know, like there's other ways to not feel a feeling you don't want to feel. So it's all about choices here. And I think, um, you know, what being on a spiritual path or being, you know, connected or being into this kind of wellness, all it does really is puts up a mirror in your face. And of the truth of like what your authentic truth is. And it like holds that up in your face and is really like, 
this is what you don't want to deal with. I'm going to bring it to the surface. And you have to feel that before you can sit in meditation and allow yourself to relax. You can't be like, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. Because it's just like, you know, don't think about the pink elephant. You know, it's like you you do. So um, for me, like I, you know, have been starting to say this whole time, journaling was a really great way to get those thoughts out of my mind, get them down on paper, feel them. My my coach, my guru, my teacher, Gabrielle Bernstein, says to fully feel a feeling, you need to feel it for 90 seconds. So for me, you know, a great way to do that is with music, right? You know, if I'm sad, I'll put on like a sad melancholy song and I'll listen to that and um, I'll just feel that being sad for a second. And then it's like, okay, now I can move through that, release that, forgive that, move on to a different thought. But if you're just like, oh, okay, I feel really sad right now. I'm just going to shift that and think positive, think positive, think positive. That's like your brain is going to be like, you're full of crap. Like you don't think positive. You know, you have mm-hmm. to feel that, be with that, get that out. That's the the title of this book that I wrote. It's called Let It Out. And it it guides you. It's these short exercises um, guiding you in different areas of your life, whether it's organization or relationships or food, you know, really getting out your stuff. Um, and that's, to me, what journaling was my greatest tool and really, like, saved my life when it came to that. Very cool. I think that's a great point, just the, yeah. that the range of emotions, like we need to feel those because if we don't, we can still use healthy foods to suppress negative emotions. It doesn't, you know, it's obviously a better choice than crack cocaine, but it's still something that we need to feel and express so we can move through it and past it. Uh, so journaling. So journaling is something that you use as a tool that you said actually saved your life. Can you talk a bit about journaling? And my question on that would be, are there any kind of like frameworks that you used in the past or you currently use in journaling to kind of uh, magnify that practice in a way to be more effective as opposed to just kind of writing your thoughts down in a journal? Yeah, I, w- I want to give everybody like a couple tools they can kind of get started with for this um, that are really, really helpful that are that are in my book. And I think, you know, it goes back to exactly what you were saying there, David, about, you know, obviously like emotional eating that's a whole different topic maybe I can come back for but um, that's also something I'm very passionate about um, healing helping people heal is but again it's like if you want to heal emotional eating it's not saying oh my gosh you just emotionally ate you emotionally ate you're so bad you're so bad it's about saying instead of looking at emotional eating as something that's so bad looking at it as a signal as a sign being grateful for it just like you know you can be grateful for acne or you can be grateful for um, you know, a backache to say like, hey, look, something's up, like something's up internally if you're having these issues. So, you know, emo- that's the way I look at emotional eating is like, okay, if I'm doing that, like instead of being like, oh my God, you're so bad, I think, oh, honey, like what, what's the deal with you? Like, why are you eating too many kale chips? Like, what is the issue here? And for me, journaling is a really great way to, to think about that and to figure that out. And, um, one exercise that is really awesome is free writing. And um, Julie Ca- Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way, a lot of people might be familiar with this, she um, prescribes the morning pages, which are essentially just when you wake up, first thing in the morning, writing, I think she prescribes like three or four pages, I'm not sure. But what I do is I see just one page, you know, just pen to paper, 
or, you know, sometimes I do it in Google Docs or, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be, sometimes it's in Evernote, it's on my phone, it's, it's whatever's easiest, you know, I think that's like the biggest thing. You won't do it if it's not easy. So um, getting the thoughts that you wake up with out of your mind first thing, I think is really powerful. So um, it can be anything from, I don't want to do this, I heard this on the podcast, but I'm going to try it, blah, blah, blah. Or I had this really weird dream last night. Or, you know, sometimes like mine start out like this really random thing and then it turns into something like amazing that I like end up using as a blog post or, you know, I tweet or something like that, you know. Or it's like part of a book or something like that. But sometimes it's really just me like venting or getting something out. And But it's really powerful to just kind of get those thoughts out and then, you, you're kind of like cleared for the day. Like, okay, I got that out. Like now I can do what I need to do. It's just like taking a shower. So that's a great tool. And then also like list making is really great. So just two takeaways, you know, just to be brief for people to take away from this is um, in the evening I do a couple things. I make a couple lists. So it's a great way to go to sleep with positive energy instead of like usually people go to sleep with the energy of like, Either they're watching TV and they go to sleep with, like, dreaming of, like, Don Draper and Mad Men all night. Or they, like, go to sleep with the energy of, you know, what's on my to-do list for tomorrow. Or, oh, my gosh, that was so bad when I got that parking ticket today. Or, like, really negative stuff. And then, like, that's the energy they're going to sleep with. So what I do is every single night I write down five things I'm grateful for. So they can be anything. Sometimes it's like, I love my winter coat because it's so cold and it makes me so warm. Or sometimes it's like, I love my mom, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, it can be whatever. Five things. Get them out. And some days I, like, struggle to get three. And some days I'm, like, on number 17. And I'm like, oh, crap, you know. So it's like, <laughs> whatever. Just do it. And then the next thing I do is I write down three things that went well that day. So, you know, today, for instance, I would I would look back on the day and be like, okay, that meeting was really great. That was two days. So you're actually thinking about the day that just passed and like talking to David on the podcast was really fun. And like, you know, I would go through whatever. And then I also do three things that I'm looking forward to tomorrow. So, you know, it can be as simple as my smoothie is going to be like kick ass in the morning <laughs> or like, you know, I'm really excited to go on that hike or, you know, whatever it is. So it really makes you pop out of bed because you're excited about about what's to come. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's the, the other great kind of benefit to that is just ending your day in that on that positive note allows your your dream world to be more positive too. Because I think one thing is if you're going to bed, you know, like you said, Don Draper, Mad Men, or or you yeah. just watch Breaking Bad and they're you know selling meth in New Mexico and you're like what? Yeah. And then you go to sleep and then you have these crazy dreams and and you and I think part of our mind and kind of rejuvenating and regenerating and you know, having that oh, yeah. release is through dreams and just going to bed on that positive note, I think, allows us to kind of process things and even kind of learn from our dreams. So I think that's so valuable. Um, yeah. I want to ask you kind of the, the question. One, this is another question I ask every guest. And that question is, with everything that I'm doing on Healthy, Well, and Free, the blog, the podcast, the videos, everything, the goal is to help people to kind of connect their mind, body, and spirit through health and wellness but then also to live a more green, sustainable life and just kind of have that spiritual, deep happiness and fulfillment. And there's so many tools and methodologies and practices and things we can use. And I think everyone has, you know, so much, there's a lot of value to a lot of these practices. 
So what would kind of be for you your top two or three practices that you would recommend someone to start, you know, tomorrow to kind of enrich their lives in one of those or a couple of those ways? Yeah, that's, I, first of all, I want to say, you know, I love everything you're doing, David. And I think, um, you know, the work that I do on the blog and, you know, when I met you, you know, we're very similar with the work that, that we're trying to give the world. And I think that, that would be my number one to people is find your passion, find something that you're passionate about. Like for, for David and I, it's this stuff, right? You know, we're into health, we're into wellness, we're into, you know, spreading the word of the stuff that we love so much. And that's great. But I think whatever it is, finding what's true for you, you know, maybe you're like an expert, like wood carver, or you, you know, really like to sing or, you know, whatever it is, I think that has to come first, whatever your purpose and passion in the world are, and something that really fills you up, that will, like I said, you know, before, once you're having fun, the other stuff will just happen. Um, so I think that that would be number one. You know, for me, it's I love spreading the message that life doesn't have to be hard and to be your authentic, true, real self. You know, like that is to me living in a wellness wonderland when you are completely real with everyone all the time, when you're completely yourself. Because honestly, it just feels so much better. And that, so that would be my number one is just being authentic and finding what your true purpose is. And then when you do that, um, there's some other non-negotiables that really come in. I think, um, for me, a big one is having some, um, type of like morning and evening routine and having a, a place that you live that feels really good to you. And, um, you know, I'm big into, feng shui and um making sure your your home that to me means like your home and your surroundings and your environment but also your relationships and your um society and really you know focusing on how you want to feel you know not necessarily what you have and where you are but um how you want to feel that that will really um, kind of change your paradigm and, and really shift things. You know, if you really, really want to move to California and you want to be there because it's warm and it's amazing, like that you could, you know, be really into the when I have, we kind of mentioned that at the beginning, like, or you really want to lose 30 pounds or whatever it is, you could be really into like, when I have this, then I'll be happy. When I move to California, then I'll be happy. When I have my own business, then I'll be happy. When I lose 30 pounds, then I'll be happy. Or you could just skip the goal and just hmm. feel how you want to feel right now. So I think that's kind of the second thing is really make your environment as best you can, but also feel how you want it to feel right now. Forget about the goal. Forget about the win I have and just feel that way now. And um, and I think the other thing is, you know, when you're being authentic, when you're being your true self, when you're feeling how you want to feel, the last aspect of that is like, you've got to live in this body, right? You know, we've got to live in this world and, you know, your essence of who you really are, it's, it's got to live somewhere. So you might as well take care of um, the little place that you've got, you know, and, um, and you know, you do that through what you think and, and who you're around, but, but also, you know, that really practical stuff of what you eat, how much of it, how much you move, what you move, um, that's, that's crucial and it just can't be avoided. And, and the thing is, you'll want to do it 
when you're being your authentic self and when you're having a good time, you'll, you'll want to take care of your body to be able to do more of that, that stuff and um, be able to do, you'll want to be more vibrant so you can do that purpose, so you can do what you're here to do in the world and what you want to give the world. Simply awesome. Thank you so much for all this extremely valuable information. I think I'm definitely going to have to have you back on the podcast at some point in the future. Um, for all of the listeners, where can they find you online and, uh, you know, social media, blog, all that kind of stuff? Thank you, David. This has been amazing. I also have a podcast, the Wellness Wonderland Radio Um I would love it if you would listen and subscribe on iTunes. It's very similar to this, just the tables are turned, and I'll definitely have to have you on, David. Um, so you'll have to come over to me and listen to David being interviewed on there. But um, my website is thewellnesswonderland.com, thewellnesswonderland.com. Um, at, on Twitter, I'm at Katie Dalebout. On Facebook, it's The Wellness Wonderland. And I am at Katie Delba on Instagram, which I adore as well. I love social media and all of this. I, I always think of myself as like just sitting, you know, in my pajamas behind my computer, like with a megaphone, like sharing the message, you know. <laughs> so so um, I love this and I would love to connect with all of you. Awesome. And, and did you mention YouTube as well? Oh, yep. I'm Katie Delba on YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm looking forward to uh, being on your podcast in the future. Have a great night. You too. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, David. And we'll wrap the show with that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. Make sure to subscribe to Healthy, Wild, and Free in iTunes. And if you're there, please leave a review on the podcast. That helps me get more guests like Katie on the show. And we'll see you in the next episode.